صباح الخير جود مورنينج دي ليسنز يو ليسنينج تو راديو 3 سي ار اون 855 Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Bringing you the news and views and the untold side of the Palestinian struggle for freedom from a Palestinian perspective. Good morning, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Palestine Remembered. I'm very excited that we've got the cast here to join us from Bookshare. But first of all, we've got Asil, a very famous Palestinian and dear, dear friend of Palestine Remembered, and my family and I. Good morning, Asil. How are you? Good morning, Nasser. I'm good, thank you. It's so good to have you with us again. Asil, Bookshare is launched again. We're post-COVID, so we're going to deliver Bookshare again. And very importantly, now listeners, you can go to the podcast and find out all about the details, how you can see the upcoming shows. They are on March 30 and March 31. There's two shows on each day, 1.30 session and a 7 p.m. session. And tickets can be found at prac.com.au. That's P-R-A double c.com.au prac.com.au forward slash tickets forward slash book j b-u-k-j-e-h that link will be in the podcast and i'll say it a couple more times during the show asil tell us about book j book j has grown it was a baby last time we spoke and it's growing slowly slowly um book j is a sack of belongings that people take with them when have when they have been forced to leave home as a Palestinian, of course, I grown up watching all the photos from Nakba, all the photos from uh, my our people's displacement uh, over years, and watching the camps and watching the journeys and just hearing, of course, unfortunately or maybe luckily, I didn't really go that like live that experience, but I could hear it from our grandmas and our friends and um, coming to Australia and watching people and different, you know, unfortunately waves of refugees coming for different reasons from our, um, you know, sister countries around us, like in Syria and uh, in Yemen or other countries that are coming because of different reasons. It made me kind of, and inspired me to go back and dig into those stories of our people and bring all those life stories that we have been hearing and listening to over years and in Australia into a theater show that is bringing amazing artists that you will hear from later on today uh, to kind of tell the stories in their own words, their own movements, their own um, amazing um, touching uh, performances to kind of tell people our stories the way we heard it without much of changing in it, but just like deeply in that. I remember seeing the first iteration a couple of years ago, Asiel, and what was so touching and moving because I also grew up with those images is the, the way you give the opportunity for the audience to imagine their life if, right, you've got 30 seconds to leave your house, the army is coming, if you're left behind, you're going to die, what are you going to put in your sack? Mm. And, we're, you know, we're in, living in a time now, you know, call it a post-11 time, whatever it is, where Australia just needs to be found isn't by Michael Bay, the allowing refuge here. You know, we've got the internment camps, I call them, in Manus Island and Nauru. We're not as welcoming as we should be, as perhaps we once were. But those stories in that 
in the book, Shay, it's very interactive. We've got stories from everyone, some Indigenous voices and others. Yeah, that's right. Now, Rania, you're a poet and you're part of the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you get out of the show and, and a little bit about your story? What I get out of the show uh, is a lot. Um, I had migrated in 1991 and um, I didn't really get time to process. Um, so <laughs> 30 years later or so, I um, saw the show, um, the just the advertising of what ASEAD wanted to do and I was drawn to it. Um, it helped me uh, connect back 30 years back and, and um, process things that were obviously lingering in the back of my mind somewhere and causing me a lot of grief. Um, it felt really good to do that. And once I did it, I wanted to help everyone else do it. And the way you did that, was that through your poetry? Through my poetry. I, 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 had, I was asked to do a poem about what book J means to me, what, what I would put in my sack if I had a choice. I was 11 when I migrated, so I was pretty much just dragged by the hand, don't know where I'm going, don't know why I'm going, leaving all my friends, leaving all my family, and um, came here to uh, like a very emotionless dry land um, and, and uh, didn't realise how much trauma I would need to go through to get over migration, whether it's me or my family. And, um, you know, instead of grieving, um, leaving my friends and, 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 and my life, I had to, you know, deal with um, my, my whole family trying to settle into a, a new land, you know, uh, issues, family issues, marital issues with my parents, uh, problems, bullying, um, homesickness. It was just there was, there was no time for me to process that I've left home. I was too busy catering for everybody else. And 30 years later, Asil comes with this project. And then so 30 years worth of feelings have come out in my poetry. Fantastic. You know, one of the things that, you know, in the West where you live that charmed white life of never having to run for refuge, never under having to first person the experience is people don't realize the challenge, the trauma that an 11-year-old has to go through let alone the parents, you know, a foreign country, no connection, no community, no language, no finance. I mean, it's, it it's an immense amount of pain. But um, it's, it's, it, when the more shows I, I do, the more I realise how much this is helping people and artists. We've had artists um, like react to this very, um, I have to say constructively, like they, they just really, um, we had one artist who was. Sorry, I'm not quite, an actor um, in the show. I moved and touched and, and there we go. again, she just relived <laughs> the memory that she had no time to process. Um, we've, we've had, you know, mm. people that are audience, like just from the audience, again, just relive that memory, reprocess that memory. Um, we always talk about healing the world. <laughs> But um, yeah, this is exactly what we're doing in this project. One soul at a time. We have to have a special thank you to the City of Whittlesea and Creative Victoria for supporting a Sears project here. And don't forget, tickets are at prac, P-R-A-C-C.com.au forward slash tickets forward slash book J-B-U-K-J-E-H. Now, Oz, 
you're actually an actor. We've got a poet, an actor, and we've got the producer. Tell us a little bit about your feeling towards Bookshare, Oz. Well, um, coming to Bookshare as an actor, um, it's very important for me as an actor that I'm a part of projects and stories that do create a change in the world. Um, sometimes as an actor, yes, you want to be able to show your creative side, <laughs> but if you're able to do both and give a social or a political message, I think that's so much more rewarding. And with Bookjay, um, there's an opportunity for me as an actor, not only to work with an amazing ensemble, an amazing cast, um, amazing people who are setting up the show, but to actually um, offer the Australian community uh, a positive message, a message about what it is like to be a refugee. So I think um, I'm just very grateful that um, I can create art, but that art has meaning behind it. I mean, this is as an aside, generally speaking, you don't get opportunities like that? I would say um, for me personally, I actually do get a lot of opportunities like that, which can be... Un- is that because yes. you're brown one? <laughs> exactly. Um, we need a exactly. token brown guy? That's right. So I think in a sad way, um, being a, a brown actor here in Australia, there are a, a lot of opportunities, but a lot of those opportunities come from conflict stories. Um, stories of trauma. And um, I think what Bookje allows for is um, healing, as we've spoken about, and hope. And so I think it's, though we would like to get to a place, um, especially as brown actors or Middle Eastern actors or um, actors of colour, to a place where we can just tell stories that are fun and exciting and um, just creative and not political, I think when you are able to tell stories that are political, if you do give the community and the audience hope, then there's nothing better than that. We're not telling a story about refugees through the stereotypical angle. We're not telling a story that lacks substance. We're, we're really getting into the nitty gritty of it and the journey of it. And there's a level of authenticity to this art, uh, to see a story here in Bookshare that is you know, just so very powerful. So I'd commend it to our listeners, make sure you free up the 30th of March or the 31st of March for either the 1.30 or 7 o'clock session. I'm going to be at the 7 o'clock session on the 30th and the 31st. So come along and say hello and join me there. Don't forget you get tickets at prac.com.au, P-R-A-C-C.com.au. Mina, you're a poet and a musician and listeners, you won't get the opportunity to see Mina's home studio, but he, he looks like he's ready to produce the next Dr. Dre album. Mina, how do you come to Bookje and tell us a little bit about your story? Coming to Bookje is through a magnificent community of artists. The thing about the art world is that it is as large as it is small. And eventually we're all going to find each other. And to come across uh, a project like Bookje, come across Asil and the... 78,000 things she's able to accomplish in a year is miraculous and remarkable. And uh, when she said, hey, you know, let's invite you in. I said, yes, yes, a thousand times. Yes, it was the least, the, 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 it was the most uh, beautiful, I think, marriage of intention, artistry, and kinship. Uh, because Bookje is 
as much a show, as much an arts program as it is becoming family with each other. And the stories that are being told are beautiful. And I've always been fascinated. I think the most, one of the things I'm most fascinated with is the concept of telling a story and reversing silence. Because in a lot of places in the Middle East, we either choose to be silent because it's safer or are silenced when we speak up as much as possible. Everywhere in the world, but in the Middle East, we, we see it that much more sometimes. And I've written a lot of my poetry from that point of view. Sometimes, like, I, I didn't live as like I didn't live the life of a refugee, but I lived the life of an immigrant coming into Australia from the Middle East. And uh, I've always found this this idea of being being able to speak and you know find that someone's actually listening is remarkable. It's a lot more remarkable that it, maybe to me than a lot of people might think or might feel for themselves. Uh, and yeah, that's where I, I think I come from uh, in terms of poetry, in terms of music, in terms of story, is just where is the avenue for these stories to be told? And Bukche is an avenue for so many important stories to be told and in the most beautiful ways. The beautiful thing that, you know, that next generation, you, you've come as a migrant, Ronya as a refugee, me as a son of a refugee, Asil as a migrant, and, and Oz, that our children will have a more assimilated um, journey into into Australia and won't realise just how fortunate we are to be able to give voice. Absolutely, and I think there is this there's this great saying, and I've completely I'm going to completely butcher it as I try to paraphrase it. Is there's a saying about we fight or uh, we we worked in factories so our kids can uh, become engineers and their grandkids can become artists, something to that effect. And it's it's really kind of that generational thing is. The, we carry a lot of generational trauma where our parents will say, hey, this is what we went through and we don't want you to go through that. But then there's this cognitive dissonance that can happen between of like, hey, why did you make these choices when we made these harder choices? And it's like, we made these, we made these choices because we could, because you made these, uh, these more difficult choices before us to enable us to make these better choices. And I think this... The beauty, of, the beauty of artistry and bridging the Middle Eastern world uh, and the current generation uh, of people who are trying to be artists is to really kind of bridge some of that generational trauma and that cognitive, that cognitive dissonance that can occur as a result. Rania, the authenticity of your poetry, I mean, it's it's so impactful and, you know, I, I'm an emotional guy, I tear up at practically everything. So I'm not really a gauge for most people, but the energy you get from your poetry and, and the feedback you get from the audience, how do you maintain your composure? And Everything comes from the heart, from what I write. Um, <clears throat> like Mina was saying, coming from the Middle East, you're really not allowed to talk or express or show dismay um, of any way, otherwise you're in grapple. Um, being an elder child, I was never really allowed to do that. Um, so my, you know, 
my way, the way to be myself, my vulnerable, sensitive self is through my poetry and my poetry was my savior. And is, is there a moment that in all the, the performances you've done, is there some one standout moment that you look back on and, you know, with joy or sadness or power? Uh, the, honestly, a combination of the three. It's my poetry, joy, sadness and power. Um, it just, it helps me keep going. But um, the the moment I wrote my first poem, Bookje, was at 2 a.m. in the morning um, one night and I wrote it on a piece of paper and I remember the piece of paper ripping from how wet it was. So it was drenched in tears that were 30 years imprisoned. Um, I remember SMSing a seal and saying, this is going to be really raw and she was like yep so I, I i that moment stood out for me because um it was just really powerful just to be vulnerable um even if no one was around but just to really face um your fears your 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 moments you know and, and to finally really process this trauma so it's been a, a healing process for you as, as well as performative. 100%. And, and that's, that is why, as I was telling Asil, I would do this for free just, just to heal others. It's a, it's a beautiful sentiment indeed. Now, stay tuned, listeners. Uh, we're just going to play a quick ad and we'll be right back. FreeCR's Binary Bardstein broadcast is airing seven hours of trans and gender diverse radio in the lead up to 2021 Trans Day of Visibility and as part of BiHealth Awareness Month. Bringing the noise to the Western gender binary. Tune in on Sunday 21st of March between 12 noon and 7pm to hear trans and gender diverse voices busting binaries, including in areas of art, culture, politics, well-being and resilience. Towards the Transgender Day of Audibility. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash binary busting. The 3CR Binary Busting Broadcast Project is financially supported by a Pride Events grant from the Victorian Government. Now, Oz, you were speaking before about, sadly, the reality of brown the the available brown space and speaking to the authenticity of this where do you see the future of brown art is is there going to be more space for this sort of stuff i mean the city of whittlesea and creative victoria have, have done a wonderful job in supporting a seal here and don't forget go to prac pra.com.au for tickets the 30th and 31st of march 1 30 or 7 p.m shows is space opening up for us that's a great question um i think currently there's something happening. Um, there's something in the chai or there's something in the, the coffee um, when it's coming to brown um, actors in the space. And I think um, that there is um, this feeling that opportunities are coming where we're not just going to be playing the stereotypical roles um, that have been seen in Hollywood or, or in the media or the news. So for me as an actor currently, there is um, a sense of um, motivation that 
okay, this is a good time to be a young brown actor. Maybe it would have been difficult for me about, you know, five or 10 years ago um, to kind of make it. But um, these stories that are coming with substance in particular um, is, is something that I'm really looking forward to. But I would also say that it's not just about being an actor. Um, I think as people of color, as brown people, people from the Middle East, um, we don't need just more actors. We need more writers, more musicians, more producers, um, people working in the arts. And once we do that, then we'll truly be able to tell our stories. I'm reminded when, and I'm no fan, but when Walid Ali, or some, a little bit of a fan, when Walid Ali won his gold uh, Logie and he was talking about his speech where one guy crew, but he was Muhammad, and he said, thank you for winning. I'm, I'm too scared to tell people my name's Muhammad. And that systematic racism that continues to permeate through this colonialist country then denies our Indigenous people their rights and incarcerates them and takes their children away, that that systematic racism still exists. So, Asil, I'm going to come to you and ask you the challenges you had from Genesis when you came up with this idea to actually getting it up and going. How hard was that? I mean, I know you're a force of nature and all that energy that you've got within you, but maybe just quickly tell us that process. Well, it's very hard, Nasser, when you're sitting in a conversation with other, you know, sector uh, leaders and other people that tells, that tells you that you have no audience and there's no people that come to you, uh, to your shows. The art is for those specific audiences without really mentioning much more than that. Um, it is hard. It is hard to make your own shows without really making it Western and without really bringing the dances everybody expecting and singing the language that everybody here speaks. Uh, it was a challenge. Um, but as um, you heard from the beautiful team, like knowing that you have a beautiful team behind you that is going to bring the audience and bring the beauty of our stories. We have amazing stories that we are telling. It's always a struggle because you always have to fight in, um, in like funding and opportunities and what stories do we told, and especially Palestinians specifically, they cannot say much because they have eyes looking at them all the time. But when you find there is people that are so thirsty, like I remember I was like saying, I can answer, I can answer that when you asked Rania. There's amazing moments uh, that I felt maybe because I am not sharing much and I watch people looking at Rania and Pepe and like Suri before, it was amazing seeing how people, you know, left the space, how people said to us that my dad came here years ago and today I have left his story. That moments that never, you know, forget, forgotten in my head. And I just keep talking about them when I do any application or I go on to any presenter that said, mm, we're not sure about that. You know, it's so hard. But I think also I can fight the word with a team that is so passionate. I agree with Mina. It is, it is a family. I don't feel like I work with contractors. It's just people that would stand on their heart and in the, on their feet and say, yes, like, when is the next one? I'm happy to do the next one. Like, we have no budget. There's an event for Palestine. Yes, we will do that. Yes, we will do that. There's always we can do things without really waiting for those that are supporting us. We have been so strong in the last almost four years of making shows from nothing and everywhere. So yeah, it's a struggle, but also a very positive space to be. It's fantastic. Uh, we're so proud of you, Asil, and we can't wait for more productions. But I I'm just going to read this little bit of a blurb from Bookshare so that people really understand what we're talking about. When you have a limited time left to leave your home, 
you grab the most valuable things you have in one sack, a bookshare, and go. So, so powerful. Again, we have to thank especially the city of Whittlesea and Creative uh, Victoria for helping it. And don't forget tickets at the Plenty Rangers Arts and Convention Centre. That's prac.com.au. Mina, I've asked the others about impactful moments. Why don't you share one of yours? Impactful moments. It's hard to pinpoint just one. This is more of a behind the scenes thing. Because I grew up with this mix of influ- artistic influences and linguistic influences, a bit of Arabic, a bit of English, a bit of French. Um, and my pop culture and artistic knowledge is collected from all parts of the world. So I'm not really <laughs> an expert in like one thing, but li- being a Middle Eastern artist in Australia, I've been, you know, I've been approached as someone who has some sort of authority on Middle Eastern music. Um, and, you know, I've been able to, to do some wonderful work with some wonderful people through that. But as I've uh, worked with our other wonderful musician, Camille Ferrali, I've just realized how much I don't know about the music of my own culture. Because <laughs> basically that first, uh, one of the first rehearsal sessions we had together, we sat, sat down and I'm, I'm just doing my thing. And he's like, yeah, what you're doing kind of sounds more Turkish. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, it just kind of sounds like, you know, stuff that, I, that I'm comfortable doing. It's like, yeah, it comes from the Turkish thing, which is kind of more westernized. Um, this is kind of like how improvisations in the Middle East are structured in classical uh, Middle Eastern music. And I sat there having my knowledge entirely crushed in the most wonderful way, like the reconnecting with these age-old traditions in ways that were freely, like that I was free to explore. Because sometimes the thing with tradition, it's it's easy to say how, you know, we've been given tradition, but we don't want to be bound by it. And there's a lot of pressure to be bound by it. But when you're kind of outside of it, and then you explore it of your own free will and of your own pleasure, uh, it becomes a really beautiful thing. And I think when you leave a place where all you're doing is trying to survive, and you come to a place where you cool, you can breathe, you can reconnect with the beauty of your land without, you know, having to focus on its on its tension, on its agony. And I think it's it's kind of a simple thing, and it's more, you know, on the music side rather than the stories. But in re- that reconnection, I find I find my love and my heart for my home in new ways. And I think that's been a really wonderful thing to come out of Bukje for me. That's that's beautiful, Mina. And we've got to finish up, but I think I want to finish off with how the first time I saw Bookshare and what it actually did for me. But I just want to finish up on your point there, Mina. The reality of refuge, of uh, loss of connection to dirt, family, land, culture, is that it creates that story where you know you're learning secondhand about your culture. And though you weren't a refugee in the classical sense, no Bookshare was there. But that separation from the land of your forefathers and mothers means that there's a loss of connection. And that translates to when I saw Bookshare the first time, I lived my father's journey. And it's very painful. And the things that I can do with my children, which is this is where I went to school, Dad. This is where you know I fell over and this is where I kicked 100 goals and won the grand final. You know, or Some true, some not so true. 
I could never do that with my father. And when you put that, what Bookshare does is allow people to see that in the first person and very real. And for that, we're eternally grateful to you all. Thank you so much, Asil, Mina, Oz, and Rania for everything that you guys are doing. And can't wait to see it again. Don't forget, people, pracc.com.au, PRAC, the Plenty Rangers Arts Centre. Um, we thank again City of Whittlesey and Creative Victoria. The 30th and 31st of March, 1.30 and 7pm. The link will be in the podcast. Remember to share, tell your friends, and there's never been a better time for a free Palestine. Thank you. FreeCR's Binary Bartstein broadcast is airing seven hours of trans and gender-diverse radio in the lead-up to the 2021 Trans Day of Visibility and as part of Bi Health Awareness Month. Bringing the noise to the Western gender binary. Tune in on Sunday 21st of March between 12 noon and 7pm to hear trans and gender diverse voices busting binaries, including in areas of art, culture, politics, well-being and resilience. Towards the Transgender Day of Audibility. For more information, head to 3cr.org.au forward slash binary busting. The 3CR Binary Busting Broadcast Project is financially supported by a Pride Events Grant from the Victorian Government. <laughs>